Hey, fashion fam, I hope that you are loving your summer because we are working hard on bringing you an epic season two, which will debut in September during New York Fashion Week. But until then, our summer replay series continues with one of my favorite people in fashion, Brandis Daniel, who is the founder of Harlem's Fashion Row and the co-creator and host of the Great Girlfriends podcast. So whether it's from one of her IG lives or conversations, Brandis always leaves you with a word of encouragement and inspiration. One of the key lessons that I learned from my conversation with her was the importance of knowing your why. No matter what you're doing in life, it's important to know what it is and hold on to it because when things get dark, your purpose will light the way. Check out our conversation. You need to know your why. You need to understand why you're doing something. And in the beginning, I can say I didn't know why I was doing this. I just knew in the very beginning, I knew that there was something that was pushing me towards this. This is the assignment I've given you. Go for it. Miracles have happened. I mean, real miracles. Brandis Daniel is the embodiment of courage. A mission-driven entrepreneur from Memphis, Tennessee, Brandis Daniel's passion for the history of Black fashion led her to create what we now know today as Harlem's Fashion Row. What started as sheer creative vision led Brandis to create a new platform for Black designers to finally be seen. Through persistence, creative exchange, and what she refers to as cliff jumps into the unknown, Daniel paved her own way as an industry outsider into the world of fashion by creating a stage for Black designers. Brandis believes that in finding the why, developing connections, building a sustainable business strategy, and enhanced marketing techniques, Black designers can finally have the influence and the legacy they so deserve. I hope you're as inspired by this conversation as I was. Oh my goodness! Hello! How are you? Ah. How are you, Miss Brandis? I mean, <laughs> you have so much going on. I feel like every day it's like new announcement, like awards, you know, the designer, like there's the show, like there's so much going on. And I am just like so thrilled for you. So thrilled. My heart is full. <laughs> Thank you. I I mean, honestly, it's just like there's so much. And I was just like, I'm gonna try to to, you know, (laughs) to talk about as much as possible in this short period of time because so much has happened since you started this. Like it's it's insane. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners, I just I I wanna welcome you to a fashion moment. You know, this is happening because, you know, I took the cliff jump. I took the cliff jump, did your, did your, uh, program and did the spot. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. You know, I had these babies out here and I had been out of, you know, New York for a while. And I was like, I guess it's just over. And you're like, take the, take the jump, take the leap. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you're so right. You're so right. And even with the documentary, I was like, oh, I want to do this documentary. I'm like trying to push it off on other people. And you're like, no, just, (laughs) just do it. I was like, oh my God, Branda. So thank you for being like my, my life coach, believe it or not, (laughs) through this whole process. Okay. I just, I'm going to start calling myself an Instagram coach. No, sir. I mean, I mean, you're, it's just so good. It's just so good. So, you know, I, I'm going to back it up for those who don't know. They should know by now, but you know, 
what what is Harlem's Fashion Row and and when did you start? Where like where did this come from? I mean, just being a fashion outsider, now an insider. But <laughs> where did this like what is it and where did it come from? Harlem's Fashion Row um came from an idea that I had, which was to do a fashion show in Harlem. And it was that simple. I didn't know that it would be what it is right now. Um, it really started as an idea. And it was one of those ideas that you have that you can't really let go of. Like you go to sleep thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. You're talking about it all day. You're kind of dreaming about it. And that was really my experience with it. And so I knew pretty early on that it was, um, more than a fashion event. I knew that. I just didn't know what it was exactly. And then I was looking around because I have like my notebook from my very first year. Of what? Somewhere. Oh my God. That's amazing. I mean, that could, I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a book, a book released later on this whole thing. I mean, I, I have a notebook <laughs> it's in that notebook there were and like every time I look through there, mom was like in tears because I look at so many of the things that I wrote about um, that I wanted to see for designers of color. Cause as I started to plan the event, um, I was looking for like in particular, like black and Latina designers and I couldn't find them. And so I started just kind of, you know, writing out what I thought this could be and how I thought Harlem's fashion row could serve the fashion community, quite honestly. And wow. then um, I think in 2009 is when I started to do a ton of research to realize that, you know, designers of color represented less than 1% of designers that were found in major retailers and um, even that work in house. And I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that, you know, the number wasn't much better for the designers that were working in house for brands either. And so it was just, a, um, a really, really, it was a moment for me to go, okay, this is actually true. And so what are you going to do about it? Mm. <laughs> so, so what were you doing before and why fashion? Was it something that you grew up with? Like where, where did, where did that come from? Um, yeah. So fashion is something that I've just always loved. I've always been the kid in my family who, you know, wanted the new, new. <laughs> that was out. Uh-oh. That was with my glue gun and my rhinestones and remaking my shoes and, you know, cared so much about what I looked like from head to toe. I would sketch out my hairstyles. Oh, man. Hairstyles. And I would sketch out like, you know, dresses that I was going to have my mom make. Um, my aunt was a big part of it. My aunt was the really only person in my family who followed fashion, Wow, you know, the industry. And so I'd go over there and she'd say, okay, I got a new Harper's Bazaar and a new Vogue. And, um, and, and because she knew I would just look through those books and just, I think she saw something in me when I looked through the wow. book, it was like, I would be transported. And then they didn't have budgets for photo shoot. I don't think, cause they nope. were <laughs> extravagant. They were beautiful. <laughs> And, um, and so it's just been something that was always there. I actually changed my major in college from pre-med to fashion merchandising and, um, worked as a buyer for a little while and then moved wow. to New York and worked in apparel production. So when I started Harlem's Fashion Row, I was working in apparel production. Um, how did your family feel about that change from pre-med <laughs> to fashion? <laughs> that was not the easiest conversation. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> we all know those who love it know. So so you're in New York, you have this idea and you know, I what were some of the responses from folks in the industry? I mean, you know, black girl from Memphis, you know, everybody seems to be like really wealthy or like super connected or size zero. We know how those sample sales go. Like, what was the reaction? Like, how did you get over that? Yeah. You know, the good thing about being from Memphis and from coming from the home that I've come from is that nothing has ever really come easy. 
And so I, I, I've never had the expectation that, oh, things are going to come easy. You know, I've seen my dad when he started a new business, we will be out on Saturday mornings passing out flyers to people, asking them to, you know, call my dad for a new phone jack or when he started a church, giving them a flyer, come, here's your flyer, please come <laughs> to church on Sunday. So it was, um, I, I, I've always known that things didn't come easy. If you wanted it, you had to go out and get it, you know, and we sacrifice our Saturday mornings in front of the TV, watching cartoons to be out with my dad. You were on the evangelism team? Not voluntarily. (laughs) (laughs) From insurance. He's wow. We were out there telling people to get insurance for my dad. He did phone jacks. We were telling people to please, you know, (laughs) your phone goes out, call my dad. Um, So I think because of that, though, and seeing his work ethic, no matter what it was, he was always willing to go out and, you know, we would be out there and we would be passing out these flyers and people would throw them on the ground or people would look at it and like toss it or, you know, totally ignore us. And but we showed up pretty much every Saturday doing the same thing. And so I think it really built resilience in me that at a very young age that I didn't know was being built. And because my dad is so unfazed, like rejection, tell him, no, you can do whatever you want to do. Like he does not care. He is. I've never seen anyone like this man, except for his brothers and sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, they grew up in a different time and they grew up in Memphis, you know, during the civil rights, they grew up, you know, marching, you know, so they, they, I think understood and almost expected struggle in some sense. And so it wasn't like, there wasn't like, Oh my God, this is a blow to my ego. So I'm not doing it. So even when I, so when I started to approach the fashion industry, I knew this isn't going to be easy. I'm going to have to literally build relationships person by person. And that's what I did. So Every year I pick three people and I go, these are my three people this year. How am I going to pour into them? How am I going to make sure that they, my goal was by December, they would know my name in Harlem's fashion row. That was the only goal. What was the moment where you were like, okay, something's really happening here. I got to tell you. When you first start, I said, Lord, you know, I was, I think I was in the fashion office at the time. And I was like, these people don't go past 96th Street. Like, how are, really, are they going to go to Harlem? And I remember there was one year, and I can't remember the exact year, and they were talking about it. And they were like, oh, and then afterwards, we went to the Red Rooster. And I said, excuse me? Did you say Red Rooster? Like, you guys go to Harlem? So I almost feel like you kind of like, you were you were such an advocate for Harlem, you know, in addition to your mission that you kind of push people outside of their comfort zones and sort of what they perceived or where they perceived fashion to be. Like that was why I was like, what? These people are going to Harlem for shows? What's happening? So, like, what was the moment for you where you were like, wow, people are finally starting to get what I'm doing here? Hmm. You're like, uh, this year? <laughs> I know. But, but no, you did, you did build up steam before I, the, before 2014, before I, Mike Brown, before Black Lives Matter. You no. were... People were going. I I think um, I think that I I knew at least that people were looking at Harlem's Fashion Row with kind of a like, hmm, maybe this could be something in 2011. Wow. Um, when we did the event at Jazz at Lincoln Center and Target was our sponsor, and you know that moment, I I knew that you know, people were, and we were able to, I remember watching, there's a photo that to this day, every time I look at that photo, I get chills. It's like June Ambrose, Tyson Beckford, Bethann Hardison. And there's one other person, they're all like sitting on the front row of that fashion show. Wow. And um, now I'm pretty sure they showed up because Target was a great, was a great friend of theirs. <laughs> They're like, Target, check. <laughs> However, 
doesn't matter. They rather pay trip. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, but that was a moment where I was like, this, this, this is interesting. Like, you know, I could see other people going like, like, how did they end up at jazz at Lincoln Center? You know, and so I think that was probably the moment for me. Um, 2011, 2012, those years were, were pivotal. And in 2012, we turned five. And wow. that year, um, Jessica Andrews wrote an article in New York Times. Woo, so good. Bro. And that was also, you know, that year I had two goals. I told my publicist, Francis, I said, I want to be in the New York Times and in YBF because YBF yeah. was super hot. Yeah. So I, I always go kind of high and low with my <laughs> um, And not saying that YBF is low. No, no, no. Absolutely. Yes. New York Times. And so, um, but anyway, and that, that year was another year where I felt like, okay. Wow. And like. You're so good with the sponsorships. You know, I, I mentioned in the IG Live, I was like, I read the book, Sponsored. If you don't, I, I know it's not available right now, but it, it might be in February or a new reiteration. We'll be sure to put it in the show notes. I'm working on something. But it was so good. And I was like, oh, my God. And the spreadsheets. And so, you know, I took it in. I took it in. I put it into practice. And people are like, oh, my God, Kirsten, how did you get these people to respond back to you? I'm like, sponsored. Like, get into it. And these are people who are in sales. I think in general, um, for some reason, so many sales teams don't know how to sell events, whether it's a fashion event, any kind of event. It's like, how do we communicate the value of what we're doing? So what, how, how did you get the target to come on board? And like, where did, where did some of those like gems and key skills come from? Like, how did you create this amazing system to get brands to believe in what you're doing? You know, I, everything I learned was from scratch. It was from making tons and tons of mistakes. Um, And, you know, at the time, no one would give you their sponsorship decks. No one would teach you how to do sponsor. You had to figure it out on your own. And I asked so many people, like, they were just like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) And so Target, I think one of the ways that ended up happening was that it was passion. Like the Mm. guy at Target literally felt my passion. We were at a meeting with Translation, the agency, because they introduced us to Target. And there was at one point in the dinner where me and this guy like spontaneously like high-fived across the table about something. Because even though I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know what I was embarking upon, the one thing that was no, it was unquestionable and undeniable was my passion for what mm-hmm. I was doing. And I think when people can feel your passion for something, they want to be a part of it because they understand. Usually when you're really passionate about something, it's not for yourself. It's yeah. because you see something bigger and um, people like to get involved with, 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 you know, things that have passion behind them. So Target was definitely a result of passion. It was also a result of my great girlfriends coming together at a table. Um, I remember I didn't have the money to put on that event and I had, you know, put a deposit down on jazz at Lincoln center, not knowing who was going to pay the rest of wow. it. And so they, you know, they said, you're going to have to ask target for the money. Cause target had supported us the year prior, but in a small way. And they literally coached me through what it would take to ask a corporate partner, you know, for bigger dollars than I had ever asked for. Before. Wow. Um, so much so that one of my friends was literally on the phone as I was like doing a pitch to her and she was yeah. not buying it. No, not buying it. Brandis. My girl, my girlfriends are, they are the best because they support me wholeheartedly, but they do not, they do not, um, sugar cup. No, they don't sugarcoat anything. I love it. Where'd you where'd you find these girlfriends? By the way, she has an amazing podcast as well <laughs> with her girlfriends. I, yeah, all in New York. All all my girlfriends. Um, I met them all in New York. One of them, the one who was sat on the phone with me, coaching me. I met her. Somebody invited me to like a house party. And I met her at a house party. It was her home. And we just like stayed in touch. And, you know, relationships are built over time, right? They never, like, you don't meet somebody and you go, okay, we're friends. We're good. Little (laughs) by little, thing by thing, like intention of, you have to almost date. 
Yeah. Wow. But anyway, so they really helped me get up the courage to ask and how, and gave me the, 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 um, the tactics and how to ask for what I really needed. Amazing. And I mean, again, you guys follow her on Instagram, like amazing nuggets to help you get the sponsorship. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't you be afraid to ask. Woo! I'm ready. You know, I realize I'm like, I, I don't really want to put it all on my personal Instagram, but there's so many things I want to say. So I'm going to start a new page for that. It's so good, though. But like even the personal moments, uh, you know, the uh, the recent post that uh, you um, just released, I think it was like a day or so ago about, you know, just everything that was happening. And there was a moment maybe three years ago where you were just like. I don't know, like thinking about giving up. And I mean, it just, it touched me. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, look at God. I knew I was going to have church today. I said, you know what? I'm talking to Brandis and we're going to have church. If y'all don't know about the black church, you're about to, you're about to hear some stuff today. But I was just like, look at God. Like how many times, like just, you know, whether you're in fashion or, you know, you have the, you're always telling people to hold on to their dreams. Don't, don't play small, you know, keep like, think, dream big, keep that and don't let go. But three years ago, you were talking about how you almost, you know, one, or you felt like walking away. Like, are people going to care about black designers? Like, are they going to actually get you know, the importance of not, not only, you know, it's, it's beyond fashion. It's like, no, black people in general, you know, are, should be valued just as much as everyone else. There should be some equity in here. There's talent. And, and you for a moment were just like, I don't know what's going on. So how did you overcome that, that period and Lord knows I'm glad you did, because <laughs> I mean, look at what's going on. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, I always tell people that you need to know your why, right? You need to understand why you're doing something. And in the beginning, I can say I didn't know why I was doing this. I just knew in the very beginning, I knew that there was something that was pushing me towards this. That was it. I knew that there was something that was saying, you have to do this. This is the assignment I've given you. Go for it. And in the years when I wanted to kind of like walk away or, you know, just say, I don't even know how this is going to work. Miracles have happened. And I mean, real miracles, <laughs> real life. Well, I mean, if you guys look at the IG, if you just follow what has happened over the past, I, I mean, year, I mean, you can go further back, but it's just like, what? Anna Wintour? It's, it's what? I'm telling it's, it's been, I mean, honestly, every single time and throughout this process, like God has never failed me. And, and that's why I tell people to cliff jump because as you're taking steps of faith, like things won't just happen. Like the reason why people don't get sponsorships is because they don't ask for sponsorships, right? That's usually why to be honest, they talk about it, but they never go ask anybody and they never go pitch a lot of brands. Um, you know, and the reason a lot of things don't happen is because we don't take a step of faith. We're waiting for something to come to us without us putting in any work. And, you know, I was reading something the other day in my, Bible app that I love and it was talking about sowing and reaping and like getting a harvest and like a, a, a farmer can't go out into the field and go where's my harvest like why if he didn't put down any seeds and so you have to consistently put down seeds if you want to eventually see the harvest now that's not even an answer to the question you well I'm like well if the seeds take 20 years but, but to bear me, fruit <laughs> But let me, that's not even, that's not even, that's not even what you asked me. What you asked me was, how did I keep going? It really was fate. It was saying, you know, and there were some times in 2010, I said, I'm not doing another event, not doing another event. I don't, I'm not stopping Harlem's fashion row. Um, I'm going to keep moving with HFR, but 
Um, and I had a conversation with God. If this is what you want me to do, you're going to have to show me this is what you want me to do. Because at this moment, my bank account is like at zero. As a matter of fact, it's worse than zero because I'm in so much debt right now. My husband has put things on his credit card that I don't even know how I'm going to pay off for him. He has taken out loans from his job to pay for this. I don't even know how I'm going to pay him back for that. Wow. People who I thought would show up for me for that event did not show up for me. And oh, on top of that, it poured raining, you know, and so and the, that was the first event we had ever decided to have outside of New York City. Of so course. after walking out of that for 10 years, I said, no, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not planning anything for 2018. And that was the first and only year this has ever happened. Somebody called me and said, hey, Brandis, what do you have going on in February? Because I have a brand that wants to sponsor it. And I'm like, what? That has, I hadn't done a deck. I wasn't wow. doing anything. I was planning nothing for 2018. And someone said, hey, yeah, this brand wants to partner with you. What do you have going on for February? And I still, Chris, and that, that still wasn't enough for me. So what wow. I said was, well, how much money do they have? Because once again, I was like, I'm not doing another event if I'm not, if it's not profitable. Yeah. And so he came back and said, here's the budget that they have. And I said, okay, I yeah. can do a dinner for that, <laughs> you know? And so we did, but that for me was like my son. That was wow. God telling me, you're not done yet. You know, keep Wow. Going. Wow. You know, it's so. <laughs> here that Nike um, called me. Let's talk about it. So what, what, uh, first of all, what happened, Brandis? <laughs> because... I mean, I get chills thinking about it because I remember how I was waiting. I had never bought sneakers in my life. And I had just, I was looking at the app, refreshing, refreshing. And I was like, ah, I missed it. It was wild. So what, what, what happened with Nike? So that same year that I was, had had like one of the worst years ever, or so I thought, that's why I tell people don't count the fourth quarter out. We're so mm-hmm. quick to go, ah, 2020 was like crap. Like I'm just ready for this year to be over. And you don't know what blessings you're throwing out the window by throwing a whole, you're going to throw a whole quarter out the window? Really? <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> that's, just, that's just not smart because you don't know what miracles you don't know what blessings are in that quarter so when you throw that quarter out you don't know what you're throwing out wow. and if i had thrown out that last quarter of 2017 after that event i would have thrown out that whole nike opportunity and what was that nike opportunity it was um we, we got a chance to i got contacted by um someone who i had met with years prior who i loved dearly Uh, But at the time we weren't close and she emailed me and said, Hey, you remember we had that meeting and I told you I had pitched her sponsorship and she said, Brandis, I don't have anything right now, but if I have something, I'll let you know. And it had been years. And she said, I got something. Remember I told you, I said, if I ever had something for you, I'd let you know, well, I got something. And we had a call with her and she told us about this project with this athletic brand. And she was very vague about it. And this like superstar athlete, very vague. And then, um, you know, I had to sign an NDA agreement. The the NDA agreement came through with the swoosh on it. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And literally the next day I was on the phone with the brand manager for LeBron James. And Pearson, it was so, I, 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 I could, I kept saying, is she the brand? Is this really, is, am I really talking to somebody at Nike? Wow. It was, it was so crazy. And that first call we had, as she was telling me about, you know, LeBron James saying that black women were the strongest. And when she and I were talking, like I could feel the butterflies. Like uh, I was tearing up as I was speaking to her because I felt like that conversation was like the birth of something special. And wow. I even said it to her. Normally I, I can be a little buttoned up on corporate calls, but I was like, I just have to say, I have butterflies right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what this is, but there's something really special here. And wow. so um, they ended working. I sent them a deck with designers who I thought, you know, should be considered for this and why. And really pitched these designers to them. And they, um, end up picking all three they were supposed to pick one but they picked all three to work with and we were in portland 
wow. maybe two weeks later in December, <laughs> around the holidays, we were in Portland meeting with their team. Wow. And and who are the three designers that were selected for that shoe, which is phenomenal? Fee Noel, Kimberly Golson. Yes. Fashion Week and Andra Celeste. Oh my gosh. And all three have just like, I mean, especially within the past couple of years have just exploded. Yes. Exploded. So it's, you've been so instrumental in helping with the careers of so many black designers and, you know, with everything going on in the country and uh, black lives matter and, and, you know, people really starting to just, you know, see like, Hey, you know, we haven't given an entire people a chance or, you know, we haven't, we have, we, we had no idea all this talent was here. It, It really feels like, like a movement is happening more so than a moment and all these designers are shining. So I'm curious, um, just taking it back a little bit, uh, who are some of the mentors in your, in your journey with this and all of the projects? I mean, now I know Miss Audrey. Hello, Miss Audrey Smoltz. You know, I respect her first because I love that woman so much. She, Audrey Smoltz was the first person to believe in me. I will never stop singing her name from the rooftops because she didn't know me from a can of paint. She wow. took my call the very first time. Um, I remember her trying to sell HFR to other people at this event in the Hamptons and nobody was listening to her. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> fashion rut. Who was this? What? <laughs> Raving around. Um, and then, you know, so, so Audrey Smiles wow. is first. Like she's just, I, I just feel, I always tell her I owe so much to her. Like, wow. And how did you meet her? Like, how did you, like, how did you even like, find out who she was. Was she someone that you grew up watching or reading about? Like, how did you make that connection? That is such a great question. Um, I must have seen her somewhere or read about her somewhere. And I like found the ground crew's like phone number on the phone book and called her up. Like it was amazing. It was amazing. And she was like, hello. <laughs> That was really it. And, um, and she's the kind of person, even to this day, that if anybody calls her with an idea, she listens. Wow. Actually listens. Um, But she was definitely one of our mentors. Michaela Angela Davis was like our second advisory board member has been so amazing um, to me, like such a great, just, just incredible. Bevy Smith is always yes, Bevy. Yes, and you know she she is gonna give it to me real. Harriet Cole. Oh, Harriet. Um, oh, I remember Harriet. there was an event in LA that I mean it almost took me out because wow. we didn't have the runway done like minutes before the event was started, and that that event she was there on behalf of a brand to do something else, and I. Most people will tell you that I rarely lose my cool when at an event. Like for some reason, I can be really nervous the day before on the day of. My mom is always like, what happens? I'm like, I don't know. I just, at that point I've surrendered it. And I'm like, God, whatever it is, it is. But on this day, this was one of the one out of two times that I was freaking out. Wow. And Harriet, I would never forget. She literally gave me the game plan. Here's what you're going to do. If they don't have that ready in five minutes, here's what's going to happen. And you need those people in your, she didn't judge me. She mm. didn't go, now see you didn't bid off more than what you could chew. Cause I had, um, <laughs> per usual. <laughs> hey. per usual. If you don't live life biting off more than you can chew, you, you live in a boring life. But, um, she, you know, she was so helpful to me. Like her, Dapper Dan has been, I mean, so his whole family has been so amazing. There's nothing I can't call them with and need advice that they're not there for me on. I just had so many amazing people. We can't forget Misa. I was just about to say, I literally just <laughs> Misa Hilton, who has given me more life. Um, advice. Like she is, I mean, she is the one who, if I meet with Misa, you know, and she can literally look at my face and be like, what's happening? What's going on? Wow. And 
before I tell her anything about HFR, she wants to know like, but how are you doing? Like what's going on with you? And I, and, and, and not coming from a place of, um, let me just try to pretend like I want to know what's like, we were literally, we, there were times where we were supposed to be having meetings about business. We never got to the business because we stayed on like what was actually happening in life. Wow. I love her pieces. Those two are two of my favorite people. Misa is like another big sister to me. Um, Bevy, you know, met with me. Nobody introduced us. Bevy met with me on her own. Um, I just, yeah, they have beautiful hearts. I love them. (laughs) I love it. Well, you know, I got to ask you have a family. Okay. Like for, for the, for the folks out there who have families, who have kids and they have these passions (laughs) and they want to, they have these big ideas and they want to do, they, they have so much they want to do. Like what advice would you give them? Because it is not easy balancing home life, children, and your dreams. So how do you balance all of this and how do you keep it together? And what advice would you give them? Yeah, I remember when I first had my daughter and I kept Googling articles that said like, how do you balance entrepreneurship and and new motherhood? I kept looking for somebody to give me like, here are the five tips. And all I kept getting was get help, get help. And I'm like, (laughs) I have money for help. And when I tell you now, somebody say, what do you do? I say, get help. I'll have money, find the money. (laughs) Yeah, find it. Find the help. Because you need help. Like it's almost impossible to do this without help. And you're going to need a lot of it. Um, I'm taking notes, Brandis. I'm telling you, you need a lot of it. So, you know, with my husband, it's always, you know, date night. Let's like make sure that we're able to step away from business. Like we're going away this weekend and it's like, let's just step away from business with each other so that we can just like have a glass of wine and just talk and know what's going on with each other. Cause you can be living together and y'all are just like two ships passing in the wind because yeah. you both are working so much and you're trying to take care of a child too. Um, and with sky, I try to like block off hours. Like, so people know, don't call me after three, like from nope. three to seven, that's her time. And she will tell you if you call me during then <laughs> my time. I love it. Yes. Tell them that is amazing. So, I mean, we're here now we're here now and you have got how many different projects do you have going on? Brandis? How, how, I mean, like, uh, this is like an empire essentially, you know, with like several different things going on. There's Brandis, the brand like Brandis, what the sponsor like can you please break it down and like with harlem fashion row we got the we got the style awards you know sierra's popping up over here and i'm just like oh my you know oh edward shows up anna you know is doing intros by the way loved love seeing your face in vogue i said well excuse me excuse me, well-deserved, you know, like a a million years later, I'm so glad that you, you finally have your moment and people are like, oh my God, this girl is changing the culture. Like it's beyond just fashion. It's the culture. Like this is changing the way we look at fashion. So I'm curious. Yeah. We have a few really exciting projects coming up. So on 1010, the thing I'm most excited about is we're launching a collection with Janie and Jack. I can't wait. For those with kids, nieces, nephews, kids, cousins, you know that if you try to shop black designers, it's so hard to do when the kids wear. So this is just epic. You know, fresh. Christian Loren and Kimberly Golson all partner with Janie and Jack through HFR to do this collaboration that's dropping and will sell out. So oh, yeah. if you oh, want, yeah. you better get it. It won't yeah. be around long. By the time this airs, it'll probably be gone. And I hope there's like five new collections. Like, I just hope they just keep it going because I'm going to need more looks, Brandis. We're planning on selling this thing out. And then, um, so that's happening on 1010. And then we have a, um, a designer t- 
tech summit that's happening at the end of October that we're doing with Gap Inc. And so we are, I'm going to give you some exclusive, Kirsten. Oh. I'm going to give you an exclusive. You no, know, I like I to sign up for everything. anybody this. So, so we're going we're gonna to keep this on the hush-hush until it's... Oh, yeah. This isn't going to... Yeah, this will air later. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. So we have um, Tommy Hilfiger is speaking at our Designer Tech Summit, which we're really Love. excited about. So he, we're doing a fireside... He and I are doing a fireside chat. Um, that's the fireside. Show up there. And then we have this partnership. We have a Stitch Fix. And so we're announcing that actually tomorrow. So that's coming out tomorrow. You have like an announcement every day, Brandis. My heart is full. Like I literally like read it and start screaming or I'm like, oh my God. And then, you know, send it to all all of my peeps. I'm just like, OMG, every day. God is good. Like what? You know, to, to think that 13 years ago, God was literally preparing me for this moment. So... I've had an opportunity to build the character because it does take, you know, you got to have the right character. So the right character, the right skill set, the right knowledge, the right relationships. Like he literally was setting me up for a moment that I didn't even know was coming. And that's why we can't quit because you don't know what's ahead. And if you quit on the journey or when people like a lot of times what people do is they'll start one thing. And then they'll quit that and they'll start yeah. something else. Then they'll quit that and they'll start something else. And every time you're starting the whole process over mm-hmm. and you're like forfeiting what was maybe three years down the line or four years wow. down the line, because again, you have to sow the seeds. So wow. you've like sown the seeds, but then you walk away from the, from the field wow. where you sow the seeds. And then you go to a whole nother field and you sow seeds there. And then you walk away from that. So you never get to see your harvest because you walk away from it too fast. So if you would have walked away (laughs) three years ago, you would have missed this moment. That is wild. But, you know, I got to ask, you know, this is a fashion moment. I got to ask you what your favorite fashion moment of all time is. Like professional, personal, like what, what really like just was the most magical thing ever? I, I'm sure you have a million. <laughs> no, there's one in particular. It's, um, it's, I went the day before, I think it was the day before our fashion event, 2018. And I went to Kimberly's home and she, you know, one thing people don't know is I never know what I'm going to wear to an event. Like, wow. I'm like, production first and then I need to get a stylist in my life. I guess <laughs> if you guys are listening. Usually before the event trying to figure out what's gonna happen. I'll tell you wow. two moments. One was that and I remember Kimberly was like, we already made something for you. Cause I didn't know what I was wearing. Actually <gasps> what I got on this I had no clue what I was wearing. Oh my God, I love that look. And she made me this um th- th- she had this beautiful jacket and that skirt that I had on was custom. And she made me this skirt and I can't even to every time I put on that skirt, <laughs> I feel like I've been transformed every I single time. So that was one of my favorite moments. Like I love, that was like my favorite outfit I've ever worn to an event. And then this year we did an event at the prelude honoring Misa Hilton, April Walker and Dapper Dan. Which yes. Oh. And the day before the event, once again, I had no clue what I was wearing. Stop. And so that day I called the designer of 620, Caress. And I said, Caress, I have an idea. And literally the night before, I said, here's what I want. You know that dress you have? Because she has this dress and you can make custom like wording for it. I said, can you make me a dress? And you put Misa Hilton, April Walker and Dapper Dan on it. And she said, yes. And so she made me that dress, brought it to the city that night while we were at rehearsal for the event. And that's what I ended up wearing. And, you know, to see their faces when they realized I had this dress on with their names on it was amazing. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love it so much. You know, Fashion Week is upon us, at least when this this airs, will be leading up into February do you have any, like, is there a vision for what, for what's to come in February? Anything you could share with us? 
what I can share is that this will be our biggest Black History Month ever. Woo! You heard it, people. I'm, I'm ready. If I got if I gotta go, if I gotta hop on the on the train to NYC, if I need to get my ticket, I am ready. I'm so ready. I'm excited. And I just wanna personally thank you because honestly, I would not be doing this if it wasn't for for your voice on on IG, you know, sponsored. Um, your platform, you are making a huge difference in people's lives. Everybody that I share your clips with, like, you know, just people of all races, they're like, oh my God, this is so good. Thank you for sharing, Kirsten. Like, it's really making an impact. I was actually, I wasn't even going to do this podcast. I was like, oh, you know, one of my colleagues who, who works in podcasting was like, ah, Kirsten, I don't know. It's a bit much. I don't think you have the time. And, you know, all these like reasons why. And so I was like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, just doing too much. And literally I get a call. Hey, producer John, my producer John. And I had like, you know, maybe like 20 followers or whatnot on IG. And I was just posting stories. And he said, Kirsten, have you thought about doing a podcast? Like, you know, I think you have something to say. And I was just like, you know what? Okay, God. Okay, God. So your post, that faith, the cliff jumping, thank you. Thank you. I mean that from my heart. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, I'm, I try to be so intentional with my posts because I remember when I was going through some of the darkest moments in my life. I couldn't find, I kept trying to find somebody who was telling the truth about entrepreneurship. And I was Mm -hmm. thinking, well, maybe I'm just the only one going through this because everyone else makes it look so good and no one else tells the thing about when they didn't have money or when they couldn't afford this or when they had put things on their credit card, they couldn't pay back or, you know, and so I, I just was thinking, well, maybe it's just me. You know, mm. and, and I know I knew that couldn't be true, but I couldn't find anyone telling the truth. And so I was like, whenever I do anything, I am committed to telling the whole story, because if I only show, oh, I just got this, I just got that without sharing like the real truth and the real story. It, it's just a, it just does a disservice to everyone who's like trying to figure it out you know, and, and trying to, you know, and who are on their paths and might be where I was five years ago. I mean, I'm still figuring things out too, but I just, I refuse to be another person on Instagram posting pretty pictures. Thank you, Brandis. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Now it's time for my favorite segment where we get to hear from you, our listeners, about your favorite fashion moments. Hello, my name is Miriam. I'm calling from Miami and I wanted to share my favorite fashion moment. Hands down, my favorite fashion moment has to be when I volunteered to work at Bryant Park for the first ever 7th on 6th fashion week. I was already working in the industry as a design assistant for a company called Gloria Sachs. And she would do fashion shows, but they were very small, very informal, and always in her showroom. So I had never worked on a large fashion event. And one day I was at FIT taking a photography class and there was a sign up for fashion volunteers. I signed up thinking this could be fun. Little did I know that it was going to be something that I turned into a career and loved doing. So I get a call time super early and you have to show up at Bryant Park. Get to Bryant Park and you're on the steps looking at this huge frame tent. And I think, okay, I'm not really sure what to expect, but this is going to be fun. And it was awesome. You walk into the venue and there's people everywhere. There's people putting together the the frame. There's people working on lights. There's people working on the runway. 
So as a volunteer, I was assigned to do whatever needed to be done. And my assignment was to work with the PR team. And I walk over to these women that are on the floor looking over this huge, massive blueprint. And it was the seating chart of that particular venue. And there were little yellow tabs with people's names on them. And they were discussing who needed to move, who was coming, why that person needed to move back a row. And I would stand there waiting for them to decide who needed to be seated where. And they would hand over a large index card that I would run over to a certain section, a certain row, and put the index card on the back of the chair. And I would do this back and forth for a few hours. But at the same time, there was a fashion show coordinator on the stage with the models discussing where they needed to stop. There was music blaring in the background, stopping and queuing up. There was lights on and off. It was just this amazing orchestrated event before the event. So hours go by and finally celebrities are coming in, editors are coming in, famous people are coming in and I'm going, wow, this is really huge. I was telling people you know you sit in this section your seat is over here and it was great so everyone is seated everyone is ready for the show to start lights go down music starts to queue up the lights queue up and the first model hits the runway and I tell you it was the best moment that I had ever had I knew that I was in the right place and this was the industry that I needed to continue to to be in and I am still in awe of what happened that day and that I returned season after season to help with the shows because it was a fabulous experience. Everyone I worked with was on the same page. Everyone was working towards the end goal of producing a fabulous fashion show. And I think the bonus was that I came away with a Fashion Week family that every February, every September, we saw each other and we worked crazy hours, long hours, but we loved what we did and we worked well together. Thank you for allowing me to share my favorite fashion moment. Thanks so much for joining me for this week of A Fashion Moment. If you like what you hear, we'd love for you to join our community of listeners and spread the word about the show. We also want to hear from you. Share your favorite fashion moments and dream guests with us by sending an audio clip or email to a fashion moment podcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag us on Instagram at a fashion moment and you could be featured on next week's episode. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review and let us know what you think. Until then, see you next time for another fashion moment. Podcast production by Rebecca Rashid and John Taylor Williams. Digital media production by Megan Porras. This recording carries a Creative Commons 4.0 international license. Thanks to Patrick Patrickios for their song, Hot Coffee.